Breadbox Media Programming is brought to you by Catholic retailers, business owners, and ministry leaders. Don't miss the Catholic Marketing Network Momentum 2019 event. Attend seminars that teach how to apply best business practices to any kind of business or ministry. Experience one-of-a-kind networking opportunities and browse the trade show exhibit hall full of Catholic resources and gifts from all over the world. Visit catholicmarketing.com trade show page to find out how you can be a part of this event that helps Catholics build personal and professional momentum. Introducing the redesigned CatholicSingles.com, featuring new ways that put the spotlight on the person and their faith, not just a profile picture. For the past 20 years, faithful Catholics have used CatholicSingles.com, and the reimagined CatholicSingles.com website is ready to help single Catholics take the next step in sharing meaningful relationships with other faithful Catholics. Remember, CatholicSingles.com, for faith, fellowship, and love. John 3.30 podcast. You must increase, I must decrease, is the message John 3.30 invites us to live. Incorporating this into our everyday lives can be a challenge. What keeps your fire burning? We have many wonderful ways to stay close to our faith, whether it be the Mass, spiritual readings, prayer, adoration, or the Rosary. This is Catholic Faith Life, and here's our host, Jason Nunez. Hello, everyone, and welcome to part two of episode 76. Yes, that's right. Last week was part one, and now we got the part two, the final installment of episode 76 with our good friends Dan and Dan Bryden, who were in town a couple of weeks ago. They came in town from uh, Virginia, and um, Jeannie and I had a great time speaking to them. That We actually spoke for about two hours, so we're going to go ahead and uh, begin this episode where last week's left off there. Hope you enjoy it. Stay tuned for the end. Thank you very much. Here goes. Our next question to you both, basically, with this type of reading, we thought it would be a great opportunity for you actually to go in a different direction of what you're talking about, not about your podcast, but about... Now, Dan, you read that part. <laughs> I read that. Yeah. Can, maybe can you tell us about your darkest moment? And Both how, of you. Yeah, each of because each of you had a darkest moment or a period of time where During you're at your lowest in this journey, um, and maybe how you see that darkest moment being taken by God because you gave it to Him and turned into a greater good. And you know, we all go through those darkest moments. There, even if you don't want to admit it, but if you're comfortable or if you know that moment and you want to share it to your podcast, we're talk about like a little bit deeper on 
what is what was that moment where you were like i can't do this i don't want to do this i don't want to say yes lord you know i mean it, you, you you know how you have to you think of jesus at the agony of the garden i don't think about it just during lent i think about it yearly because of the suffering that we all endure we all have something and that's always been my um lift and that's one of the reasons why i have a tapestry of it in my home because I need to remember that it's not just um, six weeks or 42 days. It's also throughout the year that we're going to endure some type of suffering. So we would like both of you to add your part of the deepest suffering that you did or that you felt like it was for you that you almost didn't feel like you were going to get through it and how you did. So kind of in, in preparation for today, and kind of even, even before this this opportunity was presented um, by you two to interview us, uh, Jeannie's been telling me she's been telling me people want to know how you do it, right? And exactly. So when she first told me that, I didn't I didn't really. I thought about it, but I my response to her is, I just do, you know. And she Jeannie being Jeannie is like no, like. People want to know how you do it. You can't just say, I do, because that's not giving people an answer. You know, it's giving them an answer without satisfying their curiosity, right? So I, I have to really think about about that, because in, in, in my simple mind, I feel like I just simply do it, you know? it's And of course, the the whatever it is, behind physically behind me just doing it is a whole lot going on and not maybe not even a whole lot by me um my darkest moment uh probably would have been uh when you asked that question the first moment that popped into my mind was um the the night that the day that i had my amputation that that evening uh, I was blessed to where my parents and Jeannie and some friends were at the hospital uh, the day of. Um, so I definitely did not have to kind of experience this alone. Um, but the, that 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 evening, uh, I remember, and I'm not sure if, if you were asleep. Um, you must have been. But um, I remember waking up because I had to go to the bathroom. And uh, with my kidneys the way they are, you know, I don't feel that sensation very often. Uh, but thanks be to God, I still do. But typically, it's in the morning and the evening. So if we ever have to go watch a three-hour movie, I'm, I'm pretty good. I can, <laughs> I can, I can guzzle a, a large fountain drink and not have to worry about a break in between and miss anything good, right? So that's kind of a hidden blessing that I've gotten, right? But um, <laughs> Good that you found that blessing. Yeah, yeah, I did. You know, uh, Endgame came out and everyone's freaking out. And I'm telling... <laughs> I'm telling my nurse helps with Adalsis. I was like, you know what? We're going to see that movie. I don't got to worry about this because <laughs> I got this. She got it. She got the joke. So she, yeah. you know, but but um, but I I, I kind of had that sensation like, oh, I got to go to the bathroom. So you know, opened my eyes and I woke up and I sat up and being in a hospital bed, you know, with the, the rails, you know, you got to put the rail down so that way you can kind of swing your legs over to one side of the bed. And when I swung my legs over, I had to I had to take the cover off of my legs, and that 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 was really the first time that I saw the end result of my amputation. Um, I had on a very large cast, 
they went up to up to my inner thigh and they do that that way your your knee doesn't bend uh it's very crucial that you keep your leg straight after an amputation um because there's there's uh, there's stitches and there's a lot of stuff that that can happen if you if you bend your knee and the skin stretches and everything and so they they put that cast on to keep your leg straight so if you can picture if you will me me swinging my leg over with enough force to swing over to fully grown legs because that's what i'm accustomed to um and feeling that feeling my right leg swing up in the air because of how much force i put in to try and swing it over and not see my whole leg there but this large cast and um when i when i finally kind of swung over and my leg was literally you know straight straight across because of the cast i looked down and i just had a moment where i was like what did i do to myself you know i just i had that moment where i was like oh my god what did i do and i was like well it's done. Can't change it. I don't regret the decision. You know, it was necessary. Really, it was. Um, we had exhausted all other options beforehand and consulted the best orthopedic doctor in San Antonio for feet. So I felt like we had really exhausted all of, all of our options before going down this route. And the numbers proved it after, too. Indeed. Indeed, they did. My, mm-hmm. my blood pressure got instantly better my blood sugar got instantly better you know the condition of my foot was really the catalyst of kind of what i'm dealing with now but um um i just remember that moment of what did i do and i just remember going um (laughs) thank you i I just remember i just remember telling myself well it's done i ain't got to move on you know what do you do from here do you feel sorry for yourself or do you go the opposite direction and just continue to live your life the way you want to? Not to use this as your identity, but use this as a motivation to get better. And I still have that feeling of, I just do it, so I really can't give Jeannie or anyone else that answer they're looking for of how do I do it? Because in my mind, when I sit and I think about that question, the only thing that I can think of is, well, I just do it. But what I do know, for a fact, is the power of prayer is real. And I don't mean me praying for myself. That's probably an area of opportunity that I do have. I don't feel like I should pray for myself. I feel that in prayer... Uh, my time is better spent praying for others. You know, repose of the soul of my brother who passed away uh, for many other reasons and for many other people that I know that are going through health crisis. I need to go to a dialysis clinic once a month. That way they draw my blood. Thanks be to God, I can do my treatment at home. So I do not need to go to a center every other day. I can do it at home in the comfort of my home in my bed. But I go there once a month to get blood drawn. I go there about a week later to get my results, which thankfully have all been good for the past couple of months. Thanks be to God. We're definitely on a roll. We're you know, definitely in good results here. But there is definitely a community of people that go to get dialysis. 
that uh, that are in need of prayer. You Absolutely. Know? I think it's funny, um, and I don't mean to make fun of any of this, but I just have to reiterate with your, you know, your dilemma. It sounds like you have a life coach in your head, just saying, but <laughs> it's probably your guardian angel having this conversation with you and you're fighting it. You're like, no. And he's like, yes, no, we're not. Yes. You're going to do like, like, otherwise, you know, you're going to be really upset. So just wanted to say that, but and not, I don't know if anyone can t- notice by listening to me this, but, um, Jason and Jeannie are going through tons of tissues. Just so you know. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I normally lead the podcast in number of tissues used each, each episode. So. You, you're leading the yeah. standings. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I should I should make a bar graph and start keeping stats. <laughs> Sorry, you gotta post that. Like a pile. Here's yeah. a picture. Yeah. Before, after, empty trash can, full trash can. Yes. But uh, yeah, there's there's a community of amputees here that definitely need prayers. You know, there's just within within what I've gone through. And I kind of live in two different worlds medically. I live in the amputee world, and I live in the kidney slash dialysis world. And um, just in those two areas alone, um, there's there's a lot of people in need of prayer. And there's I'm sure that's the case for anyone suffering with any kind of cancer or any other kind of chronic illness or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it just, it, this really helps open my eyes to what is done for me as far as prayer goes. Because it's, whenever I come across someone from church or even just people on the street, it's kind of crazy. You know, it's always like a hi, how are you, right? And, you know, for me, it's kind of par for the course if people want to know how I'm doing, right? Because of everything that we're going through. So I don't I don't take any offense to it. You know, I'm, I'm as transparent as transparent can be. Um, so I'm happy to tell you how I'm doing and kind of if and if I'm struggling with anything. Um, but lately it's been, I'm feeling better every day. You know, I'm getting better by the day. But um, typically a person will tell me, you know, I'm praying for you. Yeah. And I really feel that it's those prayers that are helping me feel that I just do it. You know? That's, that's powerful. Indeed. It's very powerful to have something like that. You know, I, I'm watching you, and I think you're running into a lot of people who have similar situations and are possibly not where you are in their lives. And you are probably as well a vessel of hope to them when you're talking to them and being able to show that thankfulness of your suffering that happiness and smile that you probably may not be seeing on some of the other people and that is great joy and you are his child and you're able to give that love to others what a great testament to your journey and your testimony is by showing it by your actions and your words and your love And it is okay, though, to pray for yourself, too, because it's a humility thing. You know, I, back in the day, I didn't think about that, but I think that I I do think I do need to pray for myself so that I um, got, I had that conversation with God, and especially, you know, when you're driving, I don't usually turn on the radio, I'm a little different sometimes, or or I'll talk to him in the shower or something, we have conversations often, Um, but... I understand, and you're doing a great job, and you're definitely reaching a lot of people in not only podcasts, but in person. 
Thank you. Yeah, and scripture verse that, um, and the other scripture verse as I was trying to prepare for this uh, is Romans uh, chapter 8, verse 16 to 18. And it says, we are, and this is probably what can drive a lot of people through the pain to, you know, where we're going. And that's um, St. Paul saying, we are children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. You know, that's, a, that's something that can, can really help people through the suffering to know that all of moment. it is joined exactly. with Christ on yep. the cross. You know, and if so, then we, we, you know, we end up being joined with him in heaven. Amen to that. Yeah. Our, well, our journey really started seven years ago. And when I'm talking about journey, I'm not talking about this life. I mean, I'm definitely not seven years old. Um, <laughs> although I wish I had the energy of one. Right. That'd be good. <laughs> um, but seven years ago, we made the decision to call San Antonio home. And there was a multitude of reasons why to do it. Um, Jason keeps saying that we moved because we can have Cheesecake Factory any day of the week. <laughs> that was a factor for me. That was a factor for Jason. He um, likes cheesecakes. <laughs> <laughs> they have a pretty good chicken Alfredo, too. <laughs> oh. Um, the John 3.30 podcast brought to you by Cheesecake Factory. <laughs> Maybe one day. Maybe one day. <laughs> That's the aspiration. Um, I, was, I was raised by my grandparents. And as such, I grew up in a very humble home. And when I was exploring colleges, I said, you know, I, I'd really like to go to San Antonio. I really had my hopes on going to UTSA. Growing up in a humble home means deciding whether you're going to have food for the week or money to apply for college. And nobody ever talked to me about FAFSA and student loans. And when they finally did, life got complicated and people got in the way. So we had, we had to stay, well, I had to stay in El Paso and it was what it was. I, I wasn't going to do anything that, that I couldn't do. Literally, I just, you don't know what you don't know. Um, so by the time I graduated high school, I was already working and I was helping my grandparents from taking them to doctor's appointments, taking them to mass, taking them grocery shopping. Uh, my grandfather was a big, uh, contributor to my faith formation, making sure that I got to church, that I received my sacraments and that I learned right from wrong. Um, my grandfather and I never had a, a 
daughter father relationship so he i didn't start talking to him until i was 12 years old the man raised me he showed me how to tie my shoe he would take me to the pool um but to say i sat down and actually talked to him and got to know him and that he got to know me that was just non-existent i met jason the year i graduated high school and to say the beginning of our relationship was easy was is not true like we we were both young and when we decided that we were going to marry it wasn't welcomed by everyone or anyone to say the least um but people showed up to the wedding and we received the sacrament and I don't know why I felt like it was important to receive the sacrament because by the time I started dating him, I stopped going to church. And after we got married, we didn't go to church. And fast forward seven years and two kids later, well, 10 years, two kids later, and dedicating all of our time to work and family and work and family and family. something happened. Um, it, it, it was just this like ticking time bomb, like something had to change. And as good as we were at our jobs and as great as we were with our family, it was just time. Something was pushing us to do something bigger, better. And We came, we visited San Antonio for spring break. We drove back home and asked the magic question. What would it be like to live in San Antonio? Could we make it work? And between March of that year and August that same year, things just kept popping up and life kept happening. And it was just one complication after another. Thankfully it was not medical. It was just life problems uh, from our kids in school and what was happening there to daycare to my side of the family. And it just, everything kind of kept building up. And so that question stayed there. Until one moment, I just told Jason, I'm going to quit my job and I'm going to homeschool my kid. That's it. That's. (laughs) And of course, this was all with emotions running high. So that was my dark moment, really, where I just felt like I just needed to give up everything that I was doing and take ownership of my life and do what I had to do to make everything right. And I was going to be in control and I was going to do everything. And it was all on me, 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 and no one else. Jason wasn't going to help. My kids weren't going to help. My grandparents were going to help. His parents weren't going to help. It was all just me. And Jason was like, we did have that conversation about maybe living in San Antonio. Why don't you see if you can find a job there? (laughs) With the same company. So you don't lose your benefits. We don't lose the tenure, you keep your PTO. And I'm like, fine, 
I will do that. And God opened the door and we moved here that following February and we set a date. And this is important because when you're out to do something and you really want to make it happen, prayer is important, but you need to be specific with your prayers. You can't just say, God, I pray for the best. The best of what? <laughs> and how are you going to make that happen? And what are you going to do to do that? God is here to help you to get you there, but you kind of need to set you, you some. You got to cooperate. Yes. And so we decided this is the date. Whether we have a job or not, this is the date we will be in San Antonio. It was Super Bowl Sunday. <laughs> like, sure. Super Bowl Sunday weekend. That sounds great. We can move that weekend. <laughs> Why not? Sure. <laughs> the Cowboys aren't going to be playing anyway, so <laughs> I got time on my hands. <clears throat> and we moved here. And we found Holy Spirit. And... And you found the Holy Spirit, too. And we found exactly. the Holy Spirit. <laughs> and... To say that was one of the biggest God moments of our lives is is really, truly, that is a huge understatement. It's, what year was that? 2012. Thank you. 2012. Yes. 2019. Yes. So between 2012 to 2019, you guys have been through a whirlwind with yes. your journey. Yes. And obviously a lot of growth. Because I know I'm. we've talked about it several times even on some of our retreats together. Yes. So what happened, or has there been a time during this journey that Jason was going through that you might have hit your darkest moment, and how did you get through that? I haven't. And I can say that with a smile. So what was your darkest moment? When did it start? It sounded like it was before that. Before that. The catalyst that got us here. It would have been August 2016. Yeah, August 2016, Abraham's in school, and I get the call from the teacher. No, we're in 2019. August 2012, 2011. 2011. Sorry, August yeah. 2011, I get the call from the teacher that says that my kid is a bad kid, and I... He's in the first grade. He's in the first grade. He's in destined a, for juvenile. In a, dual language, <laughs> in a dual language program, being spoken a language he does not understand because uh, yeah. he is not being raised in that language. And this kid wears his heart on his sleeve. Was this a public school? Yes. yes. Oh, okay. And he is 14 now. And he still wears his heart on his sleeve. He literally holds out both of his hands and his heart is there for you to see, know, love, he is just the most loving kid ever. Each of our kids have their own personalities, but that defines him. So when you call and say that my heart is being bad, kids are gonna have their faults. They're going to make mistakes and that's okay. That if you don't make mistakes, you're not learning, you're not growing. But that one, that one moment really was the tipping point for me where it went, you know what? That's it. I'm not going to take this anymore. I'm, my kid is not as bad as you make him seem. 
we've got to get out of here. This is not the place for him to grow up. It's not working. Was yeah. this, this was before you moved here? Right. Yes. Yeah, this was back. Before we moved here. Yeah. And at that point, we looked back on our lives and we kept thinking, mm. when are we going to put ourselves first? Yes, that was selfish. Um, but for 10 years, it was all about being with grandparents, parents, aunts and uncles. We love our family. We pray for our family. We drop everything we were doing and we will go be with them. If they need the shirt off our backs, so be it. That's who we are. That's who I was raised to be. That's who I'm raising my kids to be. And Jason fully supports that. But we were putting ourselves last. And then when we got here and we surrounded ourselves with like-minded individuals, we came here dead. That's literally the best way I can put it. And our resurrection came the moment that we stepped inside Holy Spirit Catholic Church Mm. on Blanco Street, just because they had the same zip code that we moved to that we moved to literally and there hasn't been a moment where i have gotten down on my knees again like the way i used to growing up going why am i alone why do i not have a father why doesn't my mother love me why is it just my grandparents why god why 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 am i so alone i spent a lot of time in prayer a lot of time being selfish and putting myself first, coming here. And I mean, like, if my niece could have calluses, <laughs> it would be out of prayer, not out of, not out of like, you know, labor, you know, not out of hard labor. Um, so I can really say that we got here and we went, whoa. We need to be putting God first in our lives. Yeah. And then I told Jason, you know, barring anything horrible, terrible, horrific happening, I think we're going to be okay here. I think we're going to, we can live here as long as, as long as nothing really bad happens. We both lost our jobs on this, in the same year. Jason needs a kidney. Jason has a below-the-knee amputation on his right leg. Daniel has been diagnosed with asthma. Abraham has an eye that he can almost not see out of without glasses. Um, I've Jason spent an entire summer in the hospital. Something terrible, horrible, horrific has happened in our lives. I think we're staying here. <laughs> yeah, it's kind I, of official. Though. Yeah, it is kind of official. <laughs> I think if, if all of that has been put in our lives and we continue to put God first, yeah. then our marriage, then our kids, and then everything else, we've got our priorities straight. We go home like we did last week, spiritually filled being here, just being here. And of course, going to mass, like definitely mass is important. Uh, We recently went to recon. We do that once a month. 
our faith is our number one priority and we're not selfish about it. It's not my faith. It's not his faith. It's not our kid's faith. It's our faith. And God comes up in everyday conversation and how we live it and how we present to others is really who we are. We're not lying about how we live our lives. This is really us. And we are, for the most part, pretty happy. I mean, granted, we're parents of teenagers and life is hard because we get the talking back. We get the eye rolling. That's that's typical. But (laughs) it hasn't driven us back to El Paso going, we need a village to help us raise our kids. We actually sit down and have a conversation with the boys and go, the way you treat us or the way you said this or yada, yada, yada. And we, whatever it is that we have to talk about, they have a rebuttal (laughs) as teenagers do. They stop talking back and they stop fighting us on what we're trying to teach them the moment that we infuse God into the conversation. And I'll be honest with you, if we move back, God will be the lowest priority Mm. because we will put our families first and we know better now. We know that we should wake up and go to mass on Sunday. We know that when we argue over, well, you didn't tell me that. Oh, well, yes, I did. No, you didn't. And then it turns into this huge, you know, as as it happens with couples, um, we won't go to confession right away. We won't forgive each other. And I won't. I can't explain why we would we would put our faith last. It's just that feeling at the bottom of my stomach saying, this is what would happen. And there's nothing you could do to control it. You stay here and you surround yourself with like-minded individuals. You'll find ways to live out your faith. Like he was saying, no one wants to do the dishes. Um, Actually, St. Teresa of Calcutta found a way to love to do the dishes because she did it to honor Jesus. And I'm like, man, if I could just like tap into that. (laughs) But I wouldn't know about that if I didn't know Camille DeMaio, who I met here in San Antonio. And although she doesn't live here, Mm -hmm. I still remember the little things that she says when an ambulance is running by and the sirens are going off. Say a Hail Mary. Yeah. And the boys now know that they will literally stop whatever conversation they're having about the YouTuber of the day. Or whatever. And they will say a Hail Mary. And they put their faith first. You take your you take our kids to recon on a Saturday and for a whole month they're acting like little angels. I just want you to know that um I understand your fear about going home, especially because that's where you started from. But being in the military, we move a lot. Yes. <laughs> um, I didn't grow my faith until I was in Germany. I actually started in Fort, Fort Polk, and then we went to Germany. But it really excelled there because Dan, when he came back from deployment, when we were in Fort Polk, he was gone, and we left from there. And he had grown while he was gone. 
And um, living over there, and we were just so open to it, I could see God's work. Well, here we're coming back to San Antonio. Well, my fear started to come back. Well, we're not going to have all this stuff. We're not going to have be able to go see the, where the saints, you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, where all the Eucharistic miracles are. And all these things were just rubbing in my head. I'm not going to. So the funny thing is, we come back, but we put the kids in, you know, a Catholic school, and we started going to Mass. And meeting, you know, I just kept saying, Lord, you gotta, you got to guide us. you got to figure this out because, you know, it's going to be a little different. But it was, I remember driving down 410, and I'm like, there's Teresa of... The Little Flower. Little Flower. Little Flower. What? Now, I'd driven there's down that road. There's a shrine to the Little Flower. I'd driven down that road 100,000 times, but <laughs> never did it appeal to me. Several other things are, you know, like... Um, we, had been, we had been to Lisieux. Yeah. Before like we ever went to the shrine yeah. in yeah. San Antonio yeah. and realized exactly. it was here, or or even um, Schoenstatt, you know the shrine out here by right. Colotus. Yeah, I went to Schoenstatt, so I'm like, oh, cool. So, like, so God actually, if there was ever a time you had to go back, yeah, it won't be as bad as you think because God knows. Like, so He's He builds you up. He gives you these things, but then He gives you these other things that. You may go, why? I'm fearful for this or that, but there's. And that's, you know, and that's yeah. why, like Chesterton talked about, you know, you have to go away to come home. You know, you, um, that's what Tolkien's all about. It's a great Catholic convert yeah. writer, mm-hmm. is there's always a journey, you know, and you have to go on a journey. And sometimes you, that's what retreats are about. You have to leave in order to come back home and realize how special your home is, wherever you make that home. Right. Right. And so, um, and so that's what you've done. You've gone on a lifelong retreat to San Antonio so that you could, and Holy Spirit, so that you, and God knew that you needed that in order for that to flower. I'm not saying um, you're moving back or yeah. anything, but I'm no, saying. No, I, I agree. And we do. We've, we've found the Catholic resources that we need once we're there so that if we feel like we're being called to adoration, which there's been times where, you get this nagging feeling mm-hmm. and I don't have another nicer way of putting it but you know that that like come on you gotta go just get it done exactly. it's gonna be okay go and something's just kind of like urging you and pushing you but in a really nice and good way and so we'll find way we'll find how to get to adoration and how to get to recon and how to go to mass and we do go spiritually filled here. And when we get there, there are certain things that'll happen or that things will be, that will be said or the way people think and the way people act and what they do really spiritually drain you. And you go, okay, I need to, I need to fill my cup so that I can continue Absolutely. to be positive and loving towards his people um and i find myself having to do that just a little bit more there than we do here um call it little god moments if you must where where we have to go and it's like okay as long as you keep god present in your life it's going to be okay And I know that Jason says that he just does it because that's what he does. Um, But he 
wouldn't have if we were living in El Paso. Yeah. It would have been completely different. Here he came. I nudged him into an axe retreat. <laughs> and he came back and he was, to say he was filled with the Holy Spirit it and to see it are two different things. Because I can tell you until my face is blue, he was filled with the Holy Spirit. But when you saw him and then you, you were present and you were a part of what he did after he came back from that retreat and he grew his spiritual family at Holy Spirit, it was amazing. Because then I was usually the one dragging everybody out of bed. The tables have turned. He's literally the one up going, okay, we got to go. We're going to be late. We got to get there. We're like, it's an hour before. And and like, it takes us three minutes to get there. And he's like, no, we got to go now. It's, And so he got us to church. And I didn't realize he was, he was trying to become the spiritual leader of our family. I didn't know that that was even a thing. And now, and when when somebody finally mentioned it, I'm like, oh, you you want this role, do you? Mm-hmm. Have it. It's all yours. Take it away. I have other things that I could be doing <laughs> with without having to get everybody to church on time. This is this is good. You sign them up for faith formation. You show up for the ice cream socials. You fill out the long forms. You want to be the spiritual leader. <laughs> By all means, it's your, it's all yours. I won't even try to fight you for it. (laughs) It sounds like when he went and started going, it was an awakening for him. Um, You going um, and feeling like you're off, like you're empty. It's an, it's a discernment. You're realizing, hey, I need to keep coming back. God gives you that. Um, As well, when you're, one of the greatest gifts to being around your family when um, they're suffering too, and you are lifted up, and your vessel is full, yes, you can give them so much. I've seen it through my family. You know, they've been to—they're not even Catholic, and they've been to an axe retreat, and you know, no matter how old they were, and they had to go. They yes. had to see my my family when we came back from Germany for being gone for six and a half years. They told me I have never seen Dan like this, ever. Um, what before acts I'm saying they had never have seen Dan that way and they were more so I have you know what is this what I want you know so they wanted some of that I'm sure you see that from people that they want to be around you or they want to talk to you more and you know ask you and same with you you know and when you go home to El Paso you may get that one family member or friend that is that person and those are the gifts those are the greatest moments but, um, yeah, that's how, um, you know, that's the joy of the Holy Spirit. And who doesn't want that? You know, and they see it through your joy, especially in your suffering. They go, there's a disconnect here. He should be miserable. Yes. <laughs> he you should. Know? But yet he's joyful, right? You yeah. know, and so. How kind of, do you do it? <laughs> and, and, and that's that crucible, right? Of, you know, and it's about Uniting this God it. thing. It's grace. Um, so I know you do a lightning round in your podcast. Yes. I did my homework. You did. Before we Very prepared proud of you. for this. <laughs> so you're the one that's been listening lately. <laughs> <laughs> so so 
We've got a few questions. Now, this is a lightning round, so you just got to gotta answer. Not, yeah. not a long explanation, just answer off the yeah. top of your head. Um, and so here we go. Favorite saint? Father DePio. Padre Pio. It's hard to pick one, isn't it, Jamie? My grandfather gave me this devotion to um, our, our Lady... Oh, I have to say it in Spanish. Um, Go ahead. Our Nuestra Señora de San Juan de los Lagos. Ooh, that sounds really cool. Yeah. <laughs> and we found a shrine in San Juan, Texas. Uh -huh. But the only one that I've ever known is the one from Mexico. And oh. so, yeah, San Juan de los Lagos. Coolest Catholic place you have ever been? I have two. <clears throat> It's a, definitely a tie between Oblate Renewal Center um, and also St. Patrick's Cathedral in New York City. That's iconic. Little did I know that Venerable Fulton Sheen's remains are there. That's right. I, not for long. Not for yes. long. I read the article. <laughs> well, I'm excited about That's that. That's right. He's moving. He's yes. moving to Peoria. I don't think they've mentioned when yet, yeah. but uh, we're taking a trip in, up there at the end of July, beginning of August. So if his remains are still there, I definitely... Oh, that'll be good. I want to kind of go to where that is if yes. I'm granted access and yeah. kind of say a short prayer. Very yeah. cool. Yeah. Um, so definitely San Juan de los Lagos, Mexico. Jason had yeah. the privilege of being there. Definitely. Um, it's, that was good. It's a beautiful church, um, but also New York. And as much as I would love to say St. Patrick's Cathedral, it's actually um, where they have the help me here Padre Pio's oh yeah it's a shrine it's a shrine of Padre the shrine Pio. to yeah, Padre Pio I believe Pio. it's St. Joseph's St. Joseph's the worker Catholic Church if I'm not mistaken mm -hmm. in New York we'll tag it online yes because it's definitely worth going to if you can if I can just mention before we move on about um, the Basilica in San Juan when we went that that's a place where you go and I when we went there this was before moving to San Antonio and before Acts and before all this stuff and before I was kind of re really putting our faith as a priority. Uh, walking in there, I could just kind of walking in as a, you know, a guy, um, you could really feel the faith walking in there, you know. Tangible, for sure. People mm -hmm. making pilgrimages on their knees from all over Mexico to that yeah. building. Yeah. Um, you could really feel the faith walking in that building and being there. All right, let's go with favorite scripture verse or saint quote. I'll give you one of each. Okay, so favorite scripture verse is obviously going to be John 3.30, right? He must <laughs> that was a softball. That definitely was a softball for me. Uh, he must increase, I must decrease. Uh, I love it so much that I made it a point to have it on my first prosthetic. Uh, my second prosthetic will be something totally different. But I felt it um, important and want to be intentional about um, my first prosthetic uh, to be devoted to that. Because it's been such a, a big part of my recovery process as well. It's beautiful. And same quote, I have two. I got one is, pray, hope, and do not worry, which is Father Pio. That definitely helps me, especially in times of uncertainty. And uh, the other is, it just kind of helps me not get too carried away with things. 
It's from St. John Bosco. It's got run, jump, play, have fun, but do not sin. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> but do not sin. But do not sin. <laughs> no. He kind of, at the very end, just do not sin. He's one of my favorite saints. Yeah, he's awesome. It's great. Jeannie. Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, For I know well the plans I have in mind for you, plans for your welfare and not for woe, so as to give you a future of hope. Oh, I love Excellent. That. Favorite devotion? Divine Mercy Devotion. Yep, that's a great one. Same. It's. It, here's the difference, okay? This can't just be so simple that we just leave it as that. Okay. I love, I love it when she says stuff like this because I don't know what she's going to say next. Yes, he <laughs> so does. Like, okay, I'm going to go with oh, it. He's got the edit yeah. button. Yeah. Divine mercy. <laughs> the divine mercy to me is definitely one that once I start it, I know at one point the tissues will have to come out. And the only way that they will come out is different than how Jason prays it. I have to sing it. Yeah. I have to. Jason, on the other hand, feels called to pray it with words only. No, no song. Just, just pray the words. Mm. And I'm like, but when you sing, you pray twice. <laughs> St. Augustine. Yes. No, you, you, well, you that leads it. into the next question. What's your favorite song? Christian song, Good segue. if possible. Indeed. I like that. <laughs> I like that. Uh, Go, me? Okay. My favorite song. Um, that's kind of a hard one for me to say, Christian song. It's been a um, right after my ex experience, I kind of dove headfirst into, into Christian music and kind of immersed my... My, my my playlist and there's just so many to pick from. Um Matt Mar definitely is up there. But one one that one that I, I really enjoy and it's kinda of one of those where I could just put his name in my Spotify and hit play. It doesn't matter what album or what song is gonna be David Crowder. Uh he is one of my all time favorites. And he's really good live. We actually were we were we we're lucky enough to see him play live here in um Helotis at Flores Country Store. So um that was definitely a lot of fun. I just I I like the, the the tone of his voice when he sings, and you can you can definitely hear the passion he has. And I um, I know he's a Christian artist. I don't know if he's Catholic per se, but um, a lot of his songs kind of have some Catholic weavings in them, and a lot of his refrains he repeats three times. And I'm like, okay, he's doing the Trinity in there somewhere. He's working that end because he's doing this three times in a row. Yeah, and that's where a lot of his holy, songs. holy, holy, exactly. So for for me. Um, Matt Mars is a close second to uh, David Crowder for me. Nice. Of course, you got to throw in Big Daddy Weave, uh, but Big Big Daddy Weave to me is something a little bit more more personal. Um, Big Daddy Weave. Um, there's two brothers in that band, and uh, the brother, the bass player, his his name is Jay, and uh, that's my nickname kind of within my immediate family. And even Jeannie will every now and then refer to me as Jay, and. Um, him and I, when I very first went in the hospital, he was admitted to the hospital um, through emergency on that very same night. And he actually lost both of his feet. Mm-hmm. So, like, I, he, he kind of recovered to the point where he could travel with the band again. So when they came anywhere close to San Antonio, 
I made a point for us to go see them. So uh, they played in Corpus Christi. I think it was last year. Uh, so we got tickets, made the drove. We made the drive out there. Uh, we went to go visit the two-story Whataburger, which is like a bucket list for me. There's a two-story Whataburger in Corpus Christi <laughs> right off on the right off there on the beach. That's a Texas-specific yeah. shrine. Yes, yes, indeed. <laughs> so we did that. Uh, we went to the concert. We went in line and waited to, to meet the band. And um, just felt that it was important for me to, to meet Jay in person and kind of share with him, hey, you know what? You're struggling with this, but you know what? So am I too. I've been praying for you. Wow. Yeah. I bet that knocked his socks off. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. But, um, yeah. When Jason came back from his axe retreat, he was listening to Caleb, and he would, again, Jason doesn't talk much. I know this might be very hard to to believe from his podcast listeners. I've never met him in person. <laughs> and he doesn't sing. So when somebody tells him to sing in mass, he sings. But other than that, it's not, like, proactive. Um, but he came back singing from Big Daddy Weave redeemed and he had me and the boys belting it out with him in the car (laughs) every time they played it and if you listen to the radio not that millennials do that anymore but for those people that still turn on the radio you know that songs get played over and over and over again this is one of those where you're like keep going just keep doing so this is definitely like the in the back of my pocket anytime that it comes on i don't proactively go and look for it and search for it yeah that's definitely like top two the second one is the breakup song from francesca yeah Yeah. oh my gosh i could sing that song over and over and over again all day long love it um definitely give it a listen if you haven't already very cool so what is um for your book is there a book you've read in the last year that you would recommend to others? Matthew Kelly, Resisting Happiness, short read, easy to listen to. Um, people are always resisting happiness and they don't even know it. Mm-hmm. Um, but he really puts it out there in black and white. He's really good. Yeah. I've read a couple of his books. They're fantastic. Any book by Matthew Kelly, by the way, yeah. any book. And DVDs. Um, yeah. And everything is usually free by mm-hmm. him, so even better. Um, yeah, he's good at that. Jason? So, I'm not much of a reader. Nope. But I'm. that is one thing about me that I really would like to change. Um, I, if I ever go into like a, a Catholic or Christian bookstore, you know, I, I do tend to mosey over to the book section. Why I don't know? Because I know that I'm going to buy the book and I'm not going to read it. You know, but I can just, relate. It, it happens. Like, like I'll walk. I'll walk in, and every time I end up in the book section, and it's like I have this book in my hand, and I have an internal conversation where like you're not going to read this. Why are you going to buy it? <laughs> no, well maybe this is a book that really gets me reading. And, you know, it's this is the time, and <laughs> this is the gateway book. I'll put it back. Or I'll buy it, which is even worse, right? So, you have this lovely bookshelf. I do. But they have, it it, it kind of looks impressive. But well, when you go to a video podcast, you right. can put that behind there you. you. It go. makes you look very yeah. official. 
All the spines are nice and crisp. They're not cracked. You know, that you can tell what it says and everything. And, but you have yeah. read the Bibles. So. so here's the thing. So I purchased this book and I want to read it. And I have a, I've been called, I feel like I've been called to read this book. Yes. So much that I bought it. Yeah. Okay. I just, I have not pulled from the bookshelf and opened it. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to say it out loud on his podcast. I'm going to have to do it. Now, he's, now right. he's got, uh, he's got partners to push. You're going to get emails. You're going to get notifications. Yes. Right. Have Facebook you read your page. book? Yeah. yeah. There's a book report that's going to be expected. <laughs> Dan's going to have to have, have a podcast on it. The there future. you go. A book review, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's called the power of silence against the dick, the dick against the dictatorship of noise. By Cardinal Robert Sarah. Oh, that's a good man to read. Right exactly, there. and I, I just I felt I kind of, it's been so long that I bought this book that I don't even I remember reading the summary, and I was like I need to read this book, but I don't remember what it was about. It's been that long, yeah. but I just I feel this book reaching to me, so. That and then you also keep getting told to read the Book of Job in the I Bible. I do. That he hasn't read, and I have not. So I think that's definitely going to make it on the reading list. I do have one more. This one is the same thing with me and Jason. I I have it. It's in my nightstand. But at the moment, I have a Kindle app that I'm heavily relying on to read and help me go to sleep at night. Um, but this one, once I definitely open it up, I'm going to break the spine. Um, because we're entering this phase of our lives with our children. And it's called Off the Hook. So this is what the hookup culture is. Who's the author? Two seconds. <laughs> um, it's sold by Ave Maria Press, Timothy P. O'Malley. Okay. And it's off the hook, God, love, dating, and marriage in a hookup world. Yeah. Um, so for parents that are sending their kids off to college or even high school, this is definitely one of those where we don't get to live that experience because we're not their age anymore. So even if we do go back to school, we're not going to experience that. Um, but it's a good way to get a Catholic perspective on on this and then introduce your kids to this side of it. Um, but you, you can't talk about what you don't know. That's right. And parents are the first teachers of their children, yep. according Indeed. to... The Catholic Church and John Paul II. Uh, favorite Catholic podcast other than the John 3.30 podcast? No, Very. please let me say it first because if you <laughs> say this and it's going to be, you don't take it away. Uh, we'll probably agree on this one, but go yes, ahead. Yes, this is my favorite. Jason will turn it on anytime we're about to get ready for the day and we only get to hear it once a week and then they have really amazing topics and it's um, Catholic stuff. You should know. Ah, uh, yeah, I know that podcast. Yep. Is that your favorite too, Jason? It's definitely a very, very good one. Um, it's it's a group of four priests that yeah. just started a podcast. They they um they were inspired after JP two uh, World Youth Day uh, when he was in the states. Um, they were inspired to discern the priesthood after that yeah when they, in denver when, right in denver yeah. when they attended and they're they're all either from new mexico or they're all from that part of the country and one of them is even a byzantine priest 
So it's it's awesome to kind of get a perspective and kind of learn more about that part of the faith. Eastern Catholic. And exactly, Eastern Catholic, is correct. And um, one of them just returned from Rome. He he wrote and signed his dissertation, and he just moved back to Colorado. So they're excited because the four of them are together again finally after a couple of years where he was away, and they would alternate recording episodes. Some of them would record some in the States, and then he would record some from Rome. And then so it was great to kind of get a perspective of of the West and and over there in Rome, that's definitely a good one. They 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 have some witty banter, and the banter is the best part. Yeah. It, it but, really helps you understand that priests are guys. Yeah, they're people too. They're people too. Priests are people too. Priests Sounds are like a people sticker. too. Exactly. <laughs> or a t-shirt. Hmm. All right. Well, let's lead into yeah. the um, last um, last lightning time. round. Although it's more of a thunder round, but let's go lightning round. Here we All go. Right. What is the one thing that you learned from the last 75 podcasts that you have had no idea about or did not believe that you did a 180 on? I was at the dentist office. I know this sounds like a terrible way to segue into an answer to this question, but I was at the dentist office and they were about to start getting ready to do some deep cleaning and I knew it was gonna hurt. Whether it was gonna hurt during or after or whatever, I just knew pain was gonna be involved. And the week before Jason had on his podcast, someone that just entered the Catholic faith through the RCIA program. And she's, she and Jason had the amputation in the same month. Right, right. And she was talking about getting a medical procedure done. She was at the dentist, too. Yeah. Yeah. She was? Yep. Oh, my goodness. Okay. I didn't even remember that part. Mm -hmm. And she talked about how they probably tried to numb her or something. Right. And they came back, and she's like, no, it's still hurting. It hurts a lot. And so they walked away, and they said, well, come back in just a moment. So when they walked away, she stayed behind where they left her and she started praying. And when the person came back, she was smiling, like big smile. And the person tending to her was like, why are you smiling? She's like, I feel no pain. I feel no pain at all. And they're like, really, what did you do? And then she's like, I prayed and the person that left the room went, I did too. <laughs> and there I am going, oh my gosh, pain, oh, ow, like preparing myself for it. And they started working on me and sure enough, there it was. And through it all, I went, okay, Hail Mary, full of grace. And the more I thought and went into the what is it called when you're doing a rosary and you're you're praying but you're meditating, you're meditating. yeah meditating on the mystery and i just went into this like meditative mode and i went all right i think i can still feel it but because my mind is not here present it went somewhere else focused on christ it it just kind of fluttered away. And I, 
like whatever she, whatever smile she had on her face, I was like, you probably had it too. <laughs> I'm smiling too. <laughs> yeah. Well, what I've learned over the past 75 episodes, not really anything that that I've turned around about about my understanding of the faith. Um, I've come around in my understanding in other aspects, um, just because of researching it more, but not not necessarily directly because of the podcast, but just kind of thinking it in regards to the podcast. Um, it's probably going to be the realization of how important it is to be bold. Um, uh, you mentioned uh, Dynamic Catholic earlier, and one of their taglines is "Be bold, be be Catholic," right? And at first I was like, hey, that's pretty cool. It's simple. It's short. You know, it, there's not a lot of syllables. It's, you know, it, it, it fits anywhere. But that's so true. You know, like, and, you know, creating a podcast is probably a bold move. But I didn't really think of it that way. I, I was just trying to fit. I was just trying to check a box that I couldn't find for me to check because someone else had already done it. Um, but, you know, reaching out to people and putting yourself out there and talking about the faith and, you know, uploading it for everyone here, you know, I guess in some aspects people can say, wow, that's pretty bold. I don't look at it that way. But I think I really need to start, and I'm beginning to really start approaching it that way. All righty, that's going to go and wrap it up for this week's episode, part two, episode number 76 with Dan and Diane Bryden. We had a great, great time recording that episode. Once again, I want to thank Dan and Diane for taking time out of their vacation to sit down and record a two-hour podcast with Janie and myself. I also want to give a special thanks to Daniel Gonzalez, who really, really saved this episode. Um, As you heard last week when I put in the memory card, it said, your file's corrupt. So um, I called my good friend Daniel. He came over and did his magic on the computer, and he recovered about 90% of the file. So it must must have been a, a god moment there where when you when you hear the end of this episode there's kind of a heartbreak but the heartbreak was at the point i was making uh answering dan and dan's question there so i didn't have to really go and edit to kind of have it make sense at all uh, i just kind of stopped right there and after that a really really loud noise so i figure i would save your ears and i would edit that out um, i'll go ahead and take that hit for you all and i heard that and really really wasn't pleasant but it's gone now so no need to worry about that once again daniel thank you so much for your help it's greatly greatly appreciated because of you and because of your your know-how with uh with um computers this episode was able to be released uh thank you thank you so much anyone listening if you're in san antonio and you're having problems with their computers if you want to get a hold of someone who's going to help you and who is who is a good person uh, definitely get a hold of me. I can get you in touch with Daniel, and if he can help you out, he'll he'll, he'll definitely do his best to, to go ahead and do so. Also, want to thank Vi- uh, Victoria at Oblate Renewal Center for allowing us to record that episode uh, at Oblate Renewal Center, which is holy ground. That means so much to us. Want to thank my executive producers for the episode, Dr. Jeff Vista, Mr. Christopher Lehman, and once again, the Men's Axe team as well. Thank you guys again for your continued support of the John 330 podcast. We're going to go ahead and end this episode with a prayer that we prayed at the end when we orig- when we originally recorded it, but that part was cut off there. So unfortunately, we weren't able to save their prayer. I was able to reach back out to Diane, and she sent me the prayer. That way we can have it as the closing, which is the way it was intended to be. Uh, it's a very beautiful prayer. Um, it is a intercessory prayer to St. Benedict, 
who is a patron saint of those with kidney disease. So um, for those that are listening that aren't aware, there's patron saints for many, many, many different situations. One of them happens to be those with kidney disease. And due to my situation, Dan and Dan felt it appropriate to end the episode with a prayer, an intercessory prayer to St. Benedict. So here we go. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. O blessed and compassionate St. Benedict, you were full of love of God and led countless others to him, his word, and his holy church. Trusting in your intercession, I turn to you seeking prayers for Jason and any who suffer from disease of kidneys. Pray, dear saint, that if it be God's will for them that they may be healed and restored to fullness of health. If it is not God's will, beg that they be strengthened and fortified so that they can patiently endure their illness. Cease not praying for Jason and plead with God that he may be one day praise God for all eternity with you, the angels and saints. Thank you, Holy St. Benedict, for your intercession on our behalf. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you guys for listening. Have a good rest of your day, and God bless you all. This is international Catholic singer Anna Nuzzo inviting you to join me and Father Dan Cambra of the Marian Fathers on a select international tours Divine Mercy pilgrimage to Poland and the Czech Republic. It takes place in September of 2019, and we would love for you to join us. For more information, go to my website, AnnaNuzzo.com. Thank you, and God bless. Breadbox Media Programming is brought to you by Jack Kane Ford. Find your next Ford Tough vehicle at KaneFord.com.